Hey, I want to just say, while, while we're just starting off here, that uh, this day, all these baptisms, all that we're about, all that's happening in worship, who we are as people, this is about Jesus. And this day, Easter, you know, it's arguably like the greatest day that ever happened. Jesus Christ coming out of the tomb 2,000 years ago changed world history. It changed everything. Time is marked by Jesus' resurrection. We mark our time. Our lives are marked by the timing of this, this event, Jesus, Jesus and His resurrection. And what that means is all that Jesus said, all the prophets said about Him, it's true. It's absolutely true that Jesus Christ came as a man, God in the flesh, and He walked on the earth, and He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross. He was murdered by sinful men, but He was raised on the third day by the power of God. And He walked on the earth a few more days, and then He was ascended to the right hand of the Father, and He pours out His Spirit, His very life, into those who put their hope and trust in Him. And it is an incredible, life-changing thing to say yes to Jesus Christ. It, I've, I've done life without Him, and I've done life with Jesus, and it's radically different. Somebody come help me. Thank you. Say amen. And so I just want to say, even at the end of this service today, there's going to be an opportunity. We do ministry at the end of, uh, of the sermon, and there'll be an opportunity to respond just to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus, or yes, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. And I just, depending, I don't... I don't know everybody, I don't know where you're at, where you're coming from, but I want to say there's always a chance, there's always an opportunity, and especially on Easter, it's a new start day. It's a new start day. That's what Easter is. It's start new, start fresh, and that can happen for all of us today. So we're starting this new series called, Is There More? And, uh, you know, if you haven't been around in a while, or, or you're just coming back to church or back to God you know, today is a great time to just jump in. We're going to be doing this series for the next five weeks. Is there more? And, you know, is there more is one of those questions that everybody gets to eventually. It's all different kinds of issues lead us there, but everybody gets there eventually. Is there more than whatever? You know, whatever the issue is that you're working through at the time. Is there more, you know, if you've ever struggled with sin... And the guilt and the shame that comes with that, you know what it is to ask that question. Is there more than this guilt and shame that I feel as a result of what's going on in my life? And that's where, and by the way, I'm going to ask a bunch of these questions, and they're kind of rhetorical. The answer is going to be yes every time. <laughs> yes, because of Jesus. Yes, there's more. There really is more because of Jesus. More forgiveness. Or maybe you know what it is to be in addiction, have you ever struggled with addiction? You don't have to raise your hand on this one. I have. But, but have you ever struggled with addiction? If you know what it is to struggle with addiction, then you know what it is to ask the question, is there more than the bondage that I'm experiencing right now in my life? Is there more than this to, to life than this no hope, no way out, I'm serving this little G God with all that I am, my time, money, talents, all that I, I'm just pouring it all out into this addiction... And I want to go, is there more? And the answer is, yes, yes there's more to life. Or for the intellectuals among us, you know, that would say, you know, is there more than these pat little cheap answers that I get that everything's just this way, you know, this fundamentalistic answer that, yes, it's just this way, you have to believe it, that's the way it is. 
Or on the other side, this atheistic, you know, there's no God, just a secular kind of answer. And you go, is there more than that? Well, you, you sense that there's transcendence. Everybody senses that. Well, I mean, how does uh, Oprah able to do what she does? She's playing on this reality that everybody senses that there's a God out there. It takes incredible faith to keep believing that there's not a God out there when he keeps cutting me off at every corner and wooing me to himself because of his love. And when I hear the good news, it's like, ah, you know, and so for the intellectual, is there more? The answer is yes, absolutely. I can remember myself being in college and searching for answers, thinking that there's something deeper, there's something more, there has to be more answers than what I'd currently experienced in my life. Is there more? And the answer is yes. You want wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found where? In Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.3. I mean, it's just, He is the one in whom are hidden all of those answers that we long for. You know, another place that we get to, if you're uh, older, can I get the older folks? Come on, be bold. Raise your hand. You know, that's, that's me. Hi, I'm Jamie, and I'm older. <laughs> but, you know, the older you get, the more you keep coming across these little deals in life where you go, is this, is this it? It, it? Some people call it midlife, right? Is this it? Is this all there is? I, I want a sense of adventure. I feel bored. I, am, am I making the impact that I'm supposed to make with my life? Is this the legacy that I'm going to leave? Is this, is this all there is? And the answer is there's more in Jesus. And it's good news. Another thing that happens as you get older is over time you experience hurts and pains, wounds, and sometimes you wonder, is there more than this hurt that I feel? You know, and, and a lot of times the way it surfaces is, um, you know, you've got to hurt when somebody says something and you go, rah, 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 you know, just wah, you know, just and you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Or you experience it from someone else and like, whoa, you know, you just pulled over and you cut somebody off a little too, so you didn't mean to. And they're like, they got guns and stuff and road rage and, and pulling up on you like, whoa, something's going on in there. Maybe a little wound or something, unresolved hurt. Is there more than these hurts that just keep lingering? And the answer is yes. And that's good news, guys. It is. We're not the first ones to be asking these questions. People have been asking these questions for centuries. The book of Ecclesiastes, this guy just had it all, right? And he's asking, is there more than this? And the answer is yes. Augustine in the fourth century tried all different kinds of stuff. And one of the things, this little maxim he came up with, he said, Oh God, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. That, that's it. That's where we're going with this today. It's in Jesus that we find ah, peace for our restless, is there more questions in our hearts. Today is Easter. It's a great day. Just thankful to the Lord. I really am. It's Easter. And like I said earlier, for centuries, millennia, a couple, you know, the, the, the church has on Easter Sunday uh, often made baptisms a central part of the service because Jesus Christ came out of the tomb 
And that's what we're picturing here in baptism. There's other pictures that go along with baptism, but the, the picture of, uh, of being dead and being raised again with Christ, going into the grave and coming up out of that grave alive, that's what's happening at Easter. And that's why in the next five weeks we're going to be looking just at a few kind of places in the book of the letter to the Ephesians. Now here's a little interesting tidbit. Uh, early church historians tell us that that actually Ephesians was read in its, its, in its entirety at baptisms in the early church. I'm not going to read the whole thing today. I'm going to do a long reading, but I'm not going to do the whole thing. And you can kind of see it in Ephesians 5. There's this quote that you can tell it's got an almost antiphonal, you know, something that everybody would say together. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Hallelujah and amen. You know, and so if you guys would, we're going to do a little bit of reading together today. And, and, and even, I just want to, here's my little challenge. I'll give it again in just a few minutes as we finish. But uh, my challenge is that in these next five weeks, um, I don't, I'm, I almost said double, dare, d- double dog dare, but I'm not going to double dog dare you. But I do want to challenge you to join me in reading Ephesians. One time each week over the course of these next five weeks. You could read it more than that, but who's up for that? I mean, just, let, let's, let's, just read it. There's something that, good that happens when we read God's Word. And I could give you the paraphrase, and I could say, hey, Ephesians is about the glory of God. It's incredible. It's a Mount Everest place of the New Testament. It's about God's plan to bring glory to His name through Christ and through the church, and it's going to happen in all the generations. We're one of those. It's going to get worked out in our relationships and families, and it's going to be awesome. And that would be my paraphrase. But there's still something that's missing. It's like T.S. Eliot one time was reading The the Wasteland. He reads this poem, his famous poem, and somebody at the end goes, raises their hand, they go, well, what does it mean? And he looked at him kind of funny, and he said, it means that you need to read The Wasteland again. The poem was written the way it's supposed to be. And you don't get it just by getting the paraphrase. And you don't get this just by getting the paraphrase, the, the, the me telling you the story. It, it, it happens in a deeper way, in an impactful way, and in a shaping, a life-shaping kind of way when we read the Word and let it kind of work on us. It's kind of telling a new story. It's, it's, it's calibrating us to a different story because we have... So many competing things coming against us, trying to get us aligned to a different kind of story. So if you would, stand up, please. We don't always do this, but we're going to do it today. And uh, when I finish the reading of Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to read the the chapter, and I'll try to do it as, you know, with a way that encourages you and hopefully doesn't bore you. But I'm going to say this is the Word of God, and your response is thanks be to God, okay? Because it helps us focus in on the importance of Scripture and what it is. These are the words of God to us that reveal the Word of God, even the Lord Jesus Christ to us. I'm going to pick up in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. 
In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which He's freely given us in the one He loves. In Him, we have redemption. Through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. And in Him... We were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything, in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. That's us. To the praise of God's glory. To the praise of His glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He's called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. This is the Word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Okay. Excellent. I read that and I'm just like, wow, that is like an avalanche, an avalanche of blessings just pouring down on us. It's like a tour de force of what God wants to do in our lives together in Christ. Chug, chug. Uh, you know, it's like, I, uh, yeah, real quick, parentheses, I'm a guitar player. And so every now and then I'll do that as an expression of I can't get it fully out. And so it's like, wow, oh, wow. You know, it's like, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Just as for a clarification, I, I do think that older model strats will be represented in heaven as part of the sounds of glory that we'll be hearing one day. That's for free. But you've got this avalanche of blessing happening. And for all of our hearts that need to hear this word, when we ask the question, is there more? And the answer is yes. An emphatic exclamation pointed yes. With all caps and shouting. You know, that, that whole deal. So here's what I'm trying to say in one soundbite today. It's this. In Christ, God gives us His life and invites us into the joy of knowing Him as we walk with others together in the church. 
And so I, here's what I want to do. I want to just do four quick observations from what we just read. Just, just really blow through those. And then I want to talk a little bit about habits and practices. And I know that everybody's going to be excited to hear about that, right? <laughs> habits and practices. Okay, so here we go. In Christ, number one, I love this. We have every spiritual blessing. I mean, saying every spiritual blessing. I mean, I, do you ever just read that and go, praise be to the God? I, I remember one time I was at Belmont Church in Nashville, my, hearing my dad and the Lord, um, Don Fento, and he was just up there, and he was actually, I didn't know it at the time, but he was quoting Ephesians. He literally was word for word, just talking to us as a father, just, and, but he had Ephesians quoted, uh, memorized. And so he's just, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in love. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons. He's this, just, I, I don't know if everybody's getting this. It's like he, he looks like he's been glamour shotted all the time. There's kind of a, just a, a glow around the brother. He's the happiest guy. He's 85 and is the happiest guy I've ever met in Jesus. You know, and so that's where I, I first started getting a hold of this. Like, wow, every spiritual blessing. That's a comprehensive way of saying God gives you life in Jesus Christ and the fullness of life in Jesus Christ. I mean, think through some of those things like you've been chosen for acceptance and adoption. You know, there are so many funky, weird things that we do because we don't know that we've been chosen for acceptance and adoption. I mean, just think over the last couple of weeks, think of some weird in, uh, in, uh, play, the, the place where you, you did something out of insecurity. You know, it just, anybody do the fear, uh, insecurity? Thank you. Gosh, I was feeling all alone for a second. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not. No, no it's, it's like, it's, it's at the root. It's why we need to hear this word about every spiritual blessing in Christ, to know that we've been chosen for acceptance and adoption, that God wants to bring us right into his family of love. This is not just good news. This is awesome, super good news. Chosen for acceptance, chosen for adoption, chosen for redemption, chosen for forgiveness of sins. Praise the Lord. You know, I mean, just God's done it all. You get to add nothing to what God has done for you in Jesus. You can't, you can't make it happen. You can't be good enough. You can't, all the different things that we kind of, little tap dance routines we go through, you know, trying to, you know, make ourselves feel good, just have a good week. I didn't have a good week. I'm saved. Now I'm not. It just, you can't, it doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and you can't add to that. And that's good news. That's the grace of God. And He let us in on His plan. The plan He's got to bring everything in heaven and on earth all together under one head, under the headship of Jesus Christ. What an awesome plan. And He let us in on that. People didn't used to know about it, but now we do. And so we want to align ourselves in the alignment that makes the most sense in all the world. I mean, it even makes sense. Like, He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want to align my life to Him. This kind of life, it's all about being included in Christ, marked with the Holy Spirit, who guarantees this, this sense of reality. You know, I can, I can disobey the Holy Spirit, and then I, I know it. And, and it's weird. Sometimes you will learn the voice of the Holy Spirit of God 
by in some of your disobediences. You know what I mean on that? I, I'm not saying that's the, way, the best way to learn. It's best to obey. You know, it's best to just, just to walk with God and, and say yes when you sense Him saying something to you. But then there's been other times where I've gone, no, I want to go ahead and do this. Oh, man, that was, that was you, wasn't it, Lord? And the more sensitive we get to the Holy Spirit, it's like that window of hearing gets bigger. Sometimes when we're first just kind of starting out, you know, the window's up there, we're coming up on it. It's like, whoa, whoosh, right on through the window. But the more we walk with God, that thing expands. And it's like, oh, I'm hearing God now. Okay, slow down. I don't need to do this. I'm out of here. Okay? See what I'm saying? So in all of that, all that life, promise, blessings, redemption, forgiveness, adoption, acceptance, it's all for the praise of God. Is there more? Yes, there is more life in Jesus Christ, all made real and confirmed by the Easter celebration that we partake in today. Jesus Christ, by the power of God, is raised from the dead. The second thing, in Christ, we have never-ending hope. Never-ending hope. Verse 18, I pray the eyes of your heart be enlightened so that you will know the hope to which He's called you. You know, in Christ we have a hope that doesn't disappoint. And, and all around this room, for different reasons, there are people that need to hear this word. I need to hear it, and you need to hear it. We need to hear that we have a hope that doesn't disappoint. I had a weird day earlier in the week, and I just had, it was just suddenly a sadness came on me. It was just like, what is this about? You know, what's going on? Anybody ever have something like that? It was just like I was really sad. And it was weird. Was I just not, <clears throat> I'm, I think I'm going through puberty. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <Voice is> cracking. <laughs> um, but I was like, what is going on, you know? And, and, and I was tempted to call Kim. And she was at work. She did, does audiology. She was helping people here. And that wasn't going to be a blessing. Hey, I feel really sad. <laughs> Something weird's happening. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> be blessed. But I don't know, about just a little bit before she started to come home, it's just like I started looking to the Lord and hope started raining in my heart and it just started lifting off me. You know? And it's because of the hope in Jesus. I was talking with another sister this past week and she said after she had her baby, she said she went through, started off as kind of a postpartum thing, but it just went on for a two-year cloud. Two years of depression and darkness and gray. She could not see a way out of this stuff she was in. And she said, you know, I don't know how it all happened, but it was about Jesus. And I started getting more connected in church life. And I started just more of his purpose started being worked out in my life. And all of a sudden, I don't know where it, where it stopped and where this thing I'm in now started. But God took me out of that, out of that depression and into his hope and into his life. Hope is like the seedbed for faith and where faith really comes in our lives. We have never-ending hope. The third thing, in Christ, we have new life, which is what we're celebrating, obviously. You know, in Ephesians, uh, you know, that God raised him up by the power of God. If you go uh, even next week, we're going to, I think, probably be looking at this passage, but Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead 
and transgressions. It's by grace that you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms. And so it's Resurrection Sunday. We remember that God raised Christ up. God raises us up. He has done this because of His love. And what can you do to help yourself when you're dead? Nothing. When we were dead, when we were sinners, when we were enemies to God, He came and rescued us. Thank you, Lord. It's good news. It's really, really good news. And every, I love that you read through the sermons in the book of Acts, and what you find is, is there's some basic four or five little pieces of every sermon, but they all end the same way. And that is, this God, this Jesus, whom you crucified, He murdered on the cross, God raised Him up to new life. He raised Him, but God, but God, but God raised Him from the dead. Put your faith in Him. Put your hope in Him. What do we do? Repent. Be baptized. All those different kind of responses that we see in the, the book of Acts. And I just want to say on this piece that uh, I know we have people, uh, some that have been here, around here, some that are just, uh, you know, Easter's a big day where we have a few more of our people come. But I, I want to just want to say Easter is a new start day. So for you, Easter is a new start day. There's no reason not to have a new start on this Easter Sunday, 2015. It can be a brand new day, a whole new way of looking at life. It can be receiving Jesus and starting on that journey. It can be recommitting your life to Jesus and continuing on a journey maybe that was started some time ago, but Jesus wants you to know that life is in Him. It's the best news in the world. The last piece I want to mention before we talk about a few habits is... Um, is uh, fullness. We have fullness. In Christ, we have fullness. And so often, our asking these questions about more, is there more, is there more, I just want to say, yes, there's more. The more is in Christ, but check this out. Here's the other piece. The more is in Christ, but more of Christ is in the church. So he's head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So it's important that we see you know, I want Jesus, that's where the fullness is, but the fullness of Jesus is only found in one place. It's in the church. That's where the fullness of Him is at. I want all of Him that I can get. I hope that you do too. Join me, you know, in that pursuit. And I just want to say that this message um, isn't always uh, po- uh, popular to talk about the church. The church kind of ebbs and flows in popularity, you know, it just depends on... And I mean, we're coming from all different kinds of places. And if you've been hurt, maybe someone in the church hurt you along the way. It's not the concept of church that hurt you. It's people. We'll just be real clear about that. Because what, no matter what the, the, the current ebb and flow is about church, the church is still God's plan A for His glory being released and Christ being distributed on the earth. It, and it will always be that. It's not changing, even though we may, we may do some ebb and flows you know, on that ourselves. And here's the thing. We seriously overestimate our ability to stay connected to God's story on our own. By, by myself, I, can ser- I, I, just, I can't stay as connected as I think I can by myself. What do I mean? It means I need all of these little things that we do, life group and discipleship and coming in and singing, um, 
you know, the Lamb is overcome, the Lamb is overcome. I need to hear that, you know, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb is overcome. I need that in my soul because I have so many competing stories coming against me that are trying to subvert that and cut the legs out from under that all the time. And you say, well, I don't really believe those other stories. You know, it's not always what we believe in our heads and what we think. You know, it's not like we're just these big giant bobbleheads that just get info and we do whatever we think and we do whatever we hear. It doesn't actually work that way. We actually live our lives according to certain habits and practices, you know, and so I may think this and believe this over here, but really I'm, I'm living stories that are thrown at me by social media and by marketers. Marketers are great at this. They know it's not about what you think. You ever seen a beer commercial lately? You know, they're not getting the info about the hops and what the percentage of the ABV, what all the stuff is. They're not getting all that into you so that you'll then make a choice. No, they're painting a picture of the good life. And everybody's moving toward what they think their idea of the good life is. And we need each other to help reinforce that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the one in whose image we are made. And our thriving, our living life, our impacting the city, and even Fort Worth being all that it's supposed to be, is going to be shaped by people that are being shaped by the gospel and by Jesus and by his story. Does that make sense? Okay. So, uh, you know, it, it, it really uh, helps... You know, that, that, that phrase, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You know, there's a, it's a connecting to a whole different bunch of practices, and that, that leads right into what I want to say here. This last piece, then, is that habits shape us. Habits shape us. We, uh, practices shape us. You could call what I'm talking about right now, and I want to do this at the end of each one of these services in the next five weeks, is to have a little word about habits and practices. And you could call them liturgies, even. Liturgies for life. We, even though we are lower church, like on the scale of robes, and I don't wear a robe, um, but, you know, uh, we do things that are shaping us. Prayers, confession, ministry time, the sermon, the Lord's Supper, worship, singing these songs, reading Scripture to one another, all of those things shape us in ways that, that counteract, I'll just say, okay, social media. We're plugged into this little deal, and I, I feel a little more sensitive to it because I did this fast thing during Lent from social media. But social media, it's telling the story, it's like, it's all about me, and I've got control on the whole world, basically, and I want... You know, and, 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 and people need to know it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a little after 12 and now they need to know what I'm, what's going on. And, and at 1.30, you know, they're probably going to need to know again. Like the whole world, the worldwide intergalactic universe needs to know. It's a, it's a different story. It's a competing story. And so, you know, we do these things just repetitively that help us. And I, I know that we push back against this because I've been preaching grace. You said, hey, we don't do anything. That's true. That's true. It, we're saved by grace. And 
we grow in the grace of God and in the experience of His grace by building some habits, some disciplines that lead to ultimately to delight and joy. And so when we push back against it, well, you know, that's legal. I'm, I'm not really being, I, actually, I'm not legal about it at all. People that know me, I'm really not. But I, there are some things that we can do that really help us grow in God, you know, and shape us. And so uh, it's like practicing the piano. Kim's mom, who we're about to go see in just a moment, uh, over in East Dallas, um, I don't know why I'm out of breath. Um, but, but she bought this piano for when, when Kim was little and Vita's vision was for Kim to play this piano. And so that involves some practice, right? Uh, probably more like, and that would go on for a certain amount of time. And before they had timers on microwaves and phones, you know, that had the timer, this old school had the little white thing. And Kim's watching that, watching that, and mom's making her. Okay, so it's a, it's a have to. I'm, uh, mom is making her. And so there's a different kind of practice, though, where something clicks. And maybe it started off as a discipline, but all of a sudden this person realizes that what I'm doing is something beautiful. It's actually shaping my life. It's allowing me to move at a, a level of competency that's allowing even literally like the sounds of heaven to break in on the earth. It's like the way things ought to be. Our next-door neighbors are world-famous musicians, a cellist, Jesus Castrobalbi, and uh, his wife, Gloria, which, by the way, are two really cool first names, Jesus and Gloria. Um, <laughs> And, I mean, they're world-class. And I hear them playing the piano. They're, actually, they're playing at TCU tomorrow night. And uh, just, just it's beautiful music. But Gloria practiced all those years, all those scales, so that something beautiful can happen. She knows that this is her purpose in life, you know. And so that's kind of the way I'm thinking about, you know, practices. And let me just mention a few. Consider committing, guys, Consider committing to these three things. The first one, I already mentioned it, reading Ephesians once a week during the next five weeks. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but just consider that. The Lord have you do that. Just a little nudge, you know, that's this kind of helping you kind of get, get started. I promise your life will be impacted. You say, well, I didn't feel something right. You may not feel it, but it's shaping you. You may not feel it right in the And you may go, wow, I'm really encouraged. I often find that when I, and I've just been, all this week, I've been reading it out loud. I just, it helps me to just read it out loud. You know, people, I don't know if they get tired of it or not, but, but uh, I like reading it out loud. Try it. And then the second piece then, read Ephesians. Then the second uh, consider, consideration for commitment is to daily time with Jesus. As a pastor, as a leader in the church, there is... Don't, don't overstate. I just don't know of many things that I could suggest to you besides a regular time with the Lord that will impact your life, that will build into your life life-giving uh, change. Just pointing you to Jesus, just connecting. I mean, if, if Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So think about that. Add up all the stuff that you can do apart from Jesus, big zero. So why not start the day wanting to connect with him? 
I just, it's always made sense to me. Like, I, like yeah, all this, I had all that stuff up. Mm, zero. So I want to just, just, let's start the day with, with Jesus. And by that, I just mean prayer, a little worship. It could be 15, 20 minutes, you know, but it will change your life over time. I don't want to miss time with Jesus right now. It's my delight. Nobody's making me. No, you know, no gun to my head. No, no, there's no force to do it. I want to get up every single day, 365 days a year, vacations, whatever. I want to be with Jesus. Life goes better for me with Jesus Christ. Worship, prayer, you know, whatever. There, just a little bit of time with Him and listening. And then the last piece is church life. Commit, uh, consider committing to church life. And again, it's one of those things where. I may not always get something out. Frankly, I do get something out of it. I'll come in here down certain Sundays, and I mean halfway through worship, my, my whole perspective on life has changed. I need you guys, really. Um, I had another thought. Just It ran away. Um, yeah, I know what it was. I, I remember uh, when, when Kim and I were younger, Emily was just a little toddler, and Matthew was not yet born. Amazing math. <laughs> but I remember thinking, Kim and I processing, what will it be like to raise our kids in this kind of environment where there's faith, it's life-giving worship, prayer, people believing for God, churches being planted, disciples being made, nations being touched. What's it going to be like to raise them in this kind of environment? And I can only now just even begin to share my joy with you about that. And I encourage you to look ahead into the future. What's it going to be like when your kids have been raised in this kind of environment? There are things that happen here that you can't get anywhere else. It's not because it's about our deal or my deal or anything. You need life-giving church life to help you make it on the journey. I mean, it's just like as important as starting your day with Jesus. You need friends because you, 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 you decalibrate, you get off track, you know, you start you know, doing this and, and, and just you, you're living life through this thing or TV or marketing or whatever, and you need the help that comes with singing these songs and being together, being together in life and fellowship. And the promise is all those things we talked about, hope, blessing, fullness, joy that sustains us and changes us, and ultimately what we want, you know, what we want to see, the change we want to see even in our city, it's not like a big, we get a master plan to go out and do that. God gives us some things from time to time. But the biggest change that's needed is right here in this room. Is change in our hearts that we can be the kind of people that love, serve, sacrifice, lay down our lives for others. That's contagious. That, that whole thing is absolutely contagious. Us being people that are engaged with God on a daily basis, it'll change the world. It's, it's not a new thing. It's not like, whoa, that's different. No, it's, it's, it's Ephesians. It's right there. And that's his plan. And, and he's going to work that thing out through us.